0: He's going to raise the bar this Valentine's Day for all the other suburban dads, Mr. Jordan Wahlberger. Jordan, tell us now, you Casanova, you, how are you spoiling your wife for Valentine's Day? Eddie, I'm excited.
1: It's, uh, you know, Valentine's Day is a big deal. Big deal around here. Uh, I almost had to go out of town, and uh, my wife put the kibosh on that. She said, no, you're
0: yeah, not. Yeah, you almost got divorced. You are you not did. going
1: out of town. Uh, I've got a card right here. You, you want me to read it to you? you said, Eddie, let me, let me read this to you. So, okay, read this
0: to me D- now. Don't read it to me with feeling, because this—I want to read it to you know, with feeling. There you go. I've had this such long, such a long relationship, but yeah, Eddie. I don't want—I don't want to get jealous. Eddie,
1: you are caring, considerate, generous, fun, exceptional, dependable, and I am grateful, fortunate, happy, amazed, and blessed to have you in my life. Happy All those are true. Valentine's Day. So there is. Uh, there's the card. I haven't written it yet. I will do that tonight. Uh, I'm, I'm actually looking over at some flowers. I just went out and got some flowers. Um, and they're, they're sitting in a vase. And so they, I will put them out uh, tonight after, after she goes to bed and, and before I go to bed. And, and they'll be out there in the morning. And we're going to go to – we'll grab some lunch tomorrow. Uh, and then we will uh, we'll do dinner. I think we'll probably do dinner with the kids tomorrow. So And then we, we had a Valentine's Day party over the weekend. And, uh, and we already went out. So it was, uh, it was enjoyable. Dinner with the kids? We're doing lunch. We're doing lunch together. And dinner with the kids, Eddie. It's it's love all around. When when you
0: have children, it's just love all around, Eddie. I can understand lunch with the kids.
1: Well, the kids have school, so you
0: wouldn't understand that. Kids actually, uh, kids actually go to school. They'll be fine for an hour or two. So, Eddie, how how are you? Public schools, please. How are you celebrating? You know, I am good. I am waiting. For the 15th to be able to buy those candy hearts that are uh, so much fun to eat. I thought you were waiting for the 15th to find
1: your one true love, to to, to go find that that lovely young lady out
0: there. Well, I definitely don't start back dating until the 15th. Okay. You know, you got to stop right after after Halloween. You know, because Thanksgiving, Christmas, Valentine's Day, things get too sticky for a new relationship. So you start over on the 15th, fresh slate. You got all year, and if things go well, then the next Valentine's Day can be something good.
1: What what a lucky girl! But not what when you don't for a week. What a lucky girl, Eddie! That, <laughs> that you're gonna find
0: one of these days. Hey man, I'm not one of those suckers that's gonna get caught up uh, when I've known you for like three weeks, trying to spend out spend money for Valentine's Day. All that's right. just stupid. All right, that makes sense. Uh, and maybe I'm too logical, but you know what? It keeps me sane. And then uh, and then this weekend, Eddie,
1: we are we're not gonna go out. We're gonna we're actually gonna go, out, but we're gonna go out and with Drake and see uh, the new Quantum Mania. The Ant-Man and the Wasp movie, so... You know, man, that trailer hasn't done
0: anything for me. I have no desire to see that movie. Well, you kind of just got to
1: keep watching it and follow along, though, so...
0: Yeah, I'll I'll catch it on, like, Disney Plus or something. But I did go see, uh, Friday, I went to see the new uh, Batista's new M. Night Shyamalan movie, Knock at the Cabin. Yeah, how was it? It was nice and creepy. He's he's actually pretty good, man. That dude's got range. You know, on the Super Bowl, we saw the new Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. Yeah. And you see him playing Drax, being, you know, just goofy and stupid. And then, you know, a couple days before, I saw him, uh, spoiler alert, uh, well, you know what? I'm not going to spoil anything. Don't spoil it. But I I saw him being nice and creepy. Okay. Real creepy. Is he? Um, He's got range. Is he the best WWE star
1: turned actor? Now, not the most famous, not the most successful, because The Rock is obviously that, but the best,
0: just like the best actor quality in general. I think he is. Yeah, no, John Cena's funny. He's fun. You know, The Rock is The Rock. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, He's an American the Miz, treasure. The Miz has done seventeen uh, Marine movies. So has Randy Orton. He he had a couple in there. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't know if you know. Edge had a series on sci-fi for a I, while. I think I do remember that. Vikings? That was he was actually pretty decent. But huh? He was a Viking, right? No, no, he was um, just a normal towny guy. Okay. In this town where things get things went supernatural things happened all the time, but he didn't have a big role. But I think yeah, Batista is the best of those uh, wrestlers turned actors. Yep. Hey, Eddie, you mentioned uh, you mentioned the Super Bowl uh, and the commercial, the, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Any, anything else that uh, that stood out to you? To me, I think the best one was probably the Dunkin' Donuts commercial. Or oh, I'm sorry, Dunkin'. Okay. Just Dunkin'. Yeah, with uh, Ben Affleck in the uh, in the drive-through. And then Jennifer Lopez comes along. Like, is this what you've been doing every time you say you're at work? The um, that I, was pretty I, good. I thought the. Uh, T-Mobile, one with John Travolta, was, was
1: clever. Uh, but the, that was um, all right, but
0: his head always wears me out. It's just so yes. smooth and clean. It's just I thought the EV was was a good one. I think it was like a GMC. It was like the, um, the, the, the premature the- electrification. Yes, I thought that was pretty funny. You, you, you would like that one. Yes. I thought uh, as an HR guy, the workday one was fun. Yeah. You know, stop calling your coworkers rock stars when you throw in Kiss and Ozzy. He's like, hi, I'm Oswald. <laughs> I thought that was good. That was pretty good, too. Yeah, but Tesla took a real hit, man. Do you see that one? I don't remember that one. Twice they showed Teslas in uh, self-driving mode running over uh, children and strollers and things, and I'm like ooh, who? That one that one aired twice. Who made that commercial? From what I've read, there's some guy who's basically made it his mission to expose Tesla and their uh, their AI.
1: Okay, that's that's not so good. To hear.
0: Some some billionaire. So it's billionaire versus billionaire. Interesting. In a SmackDown, yeah. And that's Serena Williams' ad, man. Did you see that one? I
1: saw it at the peripheral. I wasn't paying attention.
0: She's giving this big inspirational speech, and you're, like, ready to run through a wall for her, and then you find out it's an ad for cognac.
1: Not my thing. I don't I'm get like, that. I'm like, what the
0: hell, man? No. It just kind of ruined it for me at the end. Well,
1: uh, congratulations to the Chiefs. Even though you got a, right. uh, a bunk uh, holding call, that's okay. Uh, still. Man, It was holding. It was. He did hold. He did hold. He did. He admitted. He just said, hey, they, they don't call that. I thought I was going to get away with one. Uh, all right. Well, but- you know, that's what happens when you cheat. He didn't. All right. Let's talk <laughs> UFC 284, Eddie. Uh, I will tell you. So I, I went to uh, to Buffalo Wild Wings uh, to watch to watch the fights. And uh, I, I walk in, Eddie. And let me tell you, this is the note uh, that I see on the door. Uh, we'd like to apologize. We do not have any traditional wings. What? No bone-in wings. And they said, we won't have any bone-in wings until the Super Bowl. So I thought maybe they were trying to like hold back and save their bone-in wings. They, they said yeah, they didn't have any like. in general, right? Like, how do you not have bone-in wings?
0: They're just saying that. You do not wait for Super Bowl Sunday to have your delivery come in. They
1: said they were trying to find them. They were, they were trying
0: to find them. They didn't have any, and, and they were uh, scrambling to find some wings. They're lying, first off. Secondly, their wings aren't that good in the second place. Um, but yeah, how do, You're a wing joint. I know. How do you not have wings? How do you not? I had to eat just, you know, glorified chicken nuggets. Now, I'll believe that you're saving them for the Super Bowl. I'll believe that one. I know, you know, things are expensive, more expensive. Eggs are more expensive. Bird flu, whatever. But to not have wings, just close the doors. Yeah.
1: By the way, no just chickens yet. Doors. I think the, the coop is almost done. We might have chickens in the next week or so. Uh, Eddie, but we got to get need into need photos it. for Instagram. There we go. UFC 284, Perth, Australia. Uh, in the main event, Islam Makachev defeats... Alexander Volkanovsky, via unanimous decision, uh, two 48-47s, one 49-46. Uh, in the co-main event, Yair Rodriguez defeats Josh Emmett uh, to become the interim champion. Let's start right there at the top. Uh, Volkanovsky versus uh, Islam. W- where was your take? What did you think on the fight? There's some debate about who won that fight. Did Volk win? Uh, did Islam win? Where, where did you see it, Eddie?
0: I'm going to say the judges got it right. Islam which, won which
1: the judge? fight. The 49-46 judge or, or the
0: 48-47 judge? I'd say the 48-47 is more correct, but I can't really debate the 49-46 that hard. You know, because the rounds were so close. But I would say Islam won the fight, but Volkanovski won the night.
1: Yeah, I think Volkanovski comes out of that night, comes out of that fight looking like a bigger star than islam there's that picture of islam yeah. on his back now he looks like a rock star yeah. there's there's a uh, there's a picture of islam on his back in the 5th round kind of deer in the headlights look at the, looking at a, at a camera and just you know never been in the position like that obviously he got knocked out by Agent uh, martinez before but you know never been in that spot for so long and and you know volk volk finished that fight very well 5th round clearly a volk round i think the other judges gave round 3 to volk as well uh, but then it was like, okay, so round two or round four, those are kind of the swing ones. Two, two more of a swing one than four, but four left a bad taste in my mouth, I will be honest. Uh, I know that uh, Islam had Volk's back. He had a great takedown, uh, but he had his back in a, in a body triangle for three minutes and 25 seconds but he didn't do anything. He wasn't attacking. And and yes, I know. Where would I rather be? Would I rather be the guy that is throwing punches over my shoulder and trying to hit somebody or would I rather be the guy that has a body triangle locked on from that? Yes, obviously I'd like to be the guy that's, you know, has a body triangle locked from the back. But he didn't attempt a submission. You look you look at the uh, the scores. There was no submission attempt in that round and he was just kind of stalling. And I you know, you could make a case that while that was a dominant position, he didn't do anything with it. And the more aggression, more attacks, and you look at the rules. Like, if there's an immediate attack on there, that's when you score that at a more dominant position. It was just, that one rubbed me the
0: wrong way. Well, I'm going to say, first off, I wouldn't say he was stalling. You know, he's patiently waiting to find an opening. Yeah. But if you think, like, he didn't, like, expend a lot of energy there, like, you think he's just resting, you try holding a grown man in a body triangle for three and a half minutes and see how much energy you expend. I'm going to tell you, that probably blew his legs out for the fifth round, which is why he was so tired coming out.
1: Well, if you hear Volk, Volk actually said he wasn't actually he, – he said he really never felt that he was trying to, like, squeeze him with his legs. He was just locked in the body triangle. And Volk really did feel like he was stalling there because he wasn't – because you can tell when somebody is trying to, you know, lock in or trying to exacerbate you with their legs. And, and Volk said he did not feel that when that was happening. Well,
0: Volk did not get out either. And, and so, that's true. He tried to, it,
1: but he just kept punching yeah, so, and punching.
0: Either he's squeezing you and holding you in, or he's not squeezing you, and some reason you couldn't get out. So, I mean, I'm going to say he was squeezing. Now it may not have been. He did obviously he didn't look like he was exerting a lot of energy, but you have to be exerting some energy to hold a grown man, especially someone as strong as Volk, for three and a half minutes there.
1: Sure, and, but then again, at the end of the day, like it's not a you don't win points for exerting energy, right? No, you don't. You do you you win but points for also, actually doing something.
0: Yeah, but you also don't win points for this weird punching behind your head thing that's not doing anything. So in the end. When nothing happens, you have to go with the dominant position, and that's where it was. And like I said, he was attempting submissions; he just didn't have anything locked in to be an official attempt. You know, they're hand fighting. You know, he's switching sides, but give it, uh, gotta give it to Volk. His defense kept it from happening. Which, for three minutes with that guy on your back, that's a malicious defense. But defense doesn't score, and neither do these little punches over your head. And in the end, if nothing happened, guess you gotta go with the position.
1: Yeah, we will. We can agree to uh, to just to just be sad about how that ended up right there. Uh, But so it wasn't uh, great in the end. uh, Islam gets the title. He he defends the belt, like you mentioned before. Volk comes away looking like you know a a rock star, looking like a guy who you know most people counted out, and the odds showed that going into the fight that his his size was going to be too much. Islam's size would be too much for Volk. Uh, But then, and I
0: think that's a lot of what the. the hype is is that he did so much better than he expected, that he was able to get out, able to keep it standing, but th- that's not points, you know. And he was he was all excited. He was like real loose, going back and forth, sometimes yapping at the corners. And turns out it was his yapping with Islam's corner that kind of that half second of uh, lost focus that led to him getting taken led to him getting taken down, it's led to him being on his, on uh, in position. Um, for three minutes. Yeah.
1: Uh, speaking of uh, the big weight difference, Dan Hooker came out on Monday morning and he, uh, he basically just accused Islam of cheating, of taking an IV after weighing in. I uh, said that he hired a nurse to give him an IV. Uh, you know, other fighters, he posted, you know, you know, screenshots of, of stories. Other fighters have been suspended for, you know, six months, a year, two years uh, for the same thing. Now there's no proof. And so this is allegedly, uh, Usadas came out and said that they take accusations very seriously. Uh, as of this point, No idea if anything will uh, or will not come out of this. Pretty tough to, uh, unless there's video footage of him doing it, it's pretty tough to prove it after the fact.
0: Yeah, and I wish there was some kind of punishment for guys accusing people of something without any proof because that is going to live forever. You know, Even with no proof, people will just believe something that they want to believe. And people are going to be accusing Islam of of taking IV for years even if nothing comes of this, yeah,
1: or just, just being a cheater in general, right?
0: Oh, yeah. They're gonna like always point back to this. Oh, well, he took an IV here, and it's like says who? Says Dan Hooker. Where's the proof? There is none. But Dan Hooker said it one time, and now it's just gonna live there forever. Oh. And that sucks, especially if there's no proof. Now, if there is proof, strip him of the title. Sure, and, th- and that's- there, But if there isn't, there should be something. Something should. I don't. Know, Dan Hooker should be fined or something. You if can't. No you
1: proof. can't just go out there making accusations based on nothing.
0: Yeah. It's not fair. Agreed. Now, I mean, if you have proof, point it up, man. We want to see it. No. I got a question for you, George. Yes, yes, please. Now, with Islam looking a little more vulnerable to uh, someone with elite striking, who do you think has a chance against him now at lightweight? Just after what you saw, knowing what you know about the lightweight division, who do you see having a real shot against him? Yeah, so if, if
1: I look at the division, um, honestly, I look at Charles, Dustin, Justin Gaethje, Uh, Even Benil Dariush and and Michael Chandler, the top five guys, I kind of look at them as the old guard, and we've talked about this before. They're the old guard of the division. Is the Makachev kind of ushering in that new guard of uh, of the division? I don't think any of those five are going to be people that would beat um, that would beat him. However, I don't think think... Poirier's boxing could do it. No, I I don't. I don't think. I don't think. I think Poirier is at a point where it's a little bit past. Uh, where he should be. And I love Poirier, Ooh, but... Um,
0: harsh words there, know, Jordan. I
1: saw what happened with him. Breaking news, the...
0: Jordan Wahlberger said Dustin Poirier is old. He is yeah, He is getting old. I yeah, his mean,
1: hot sauce old. is old. Well, his hot sauce is good. Uh, but then I look at guys like uh, Fazeev. Uh, I look at Armand Sarukian. Ar- Sarukian already fought him once. I think that was in Sarukian's first fight in the UFC, and it was on short notice. And uh, and I think he took, uh, he took him to a decision. So that was back in 2019. I think he's only getting better. Uh, so I do think guys like, uh, Fazeev, Armin Sarukian, um, you know, Matus Gamron, he just lost to Benil Dariou. So I don't know if, I don't know if I see that one, but I think it's, I think it's the new guard of fighters. That, and, and, but I do agree that maybe Islam is not so untouchable as we thought once before.
0: Yeah. Uh, Volk really did make him look human and you got to give him props to that. But unfortunately showing well, Doesn't want to fight. Yeah.
1: Uh, Eddie, who is this? This is coming. A lot of debate coming out of this. Based on this, who is the pound for pound number one fighter in the world right now? Because the consensus was going into the fight. It was Islam was two. uh, Volk was number one. Well, they're all wrong. It's Mighty Mouse in the UFC. Let's go pound for pound in the UFC. (laughs) Oh, you said the world, man. You said the world. I mean, Mighty Mouse is not. Mighty Mouse has already lost, you know, in the last year. So he's not. Yeah,
0: But uh, he just went up a weight division. And won the belt in one. Sure, one that he was it's still flyweight, at. Sure. but okay, yeah, let's, it's, it's flyweight. But flyweight in okay. one is 135. thirty. Let's not waste our time talking about that. So let's go back to between these. All right, so. all right. In the UFC, it's it really depends on what you consider. Are you saying just which guy has the best skills? Which guy has really good skills but hasn't lost recently?
1: No, I'm not. I'm not. I mean,
0: to me, I know. I'm just saying it depends on what your criteria is. And to me, I would still say, aside from one half second. Where Leon Edwards got lucky, it's Kamaru Usman. Yeah, Kamaru Usman. Still,
1: I I still think it's Volk. I think Volk is still the number one pound for pound fighter in the world. Uh, I think that if uh, you had Islam coming down to his weight class, I think that you know that would be a whole different story. And we saw what happened when you know Volk was able to put it together in that fight. He
0: did look good in there. Well, with the uh, (laughs) with the IV accusations, I don't know if uh, Islam could come down to one forty five. That's
1: probably true. I mean, you don't take uh, you don't see Demetri Bivol. Is the uh, number one pound for pound fight in the world just because he beat Canelo? Right, uh, Canelo was going up, daring to be great. That that one loss didn't put Bevel over uh, yeah. over Canelo Alvarez. So,
0: and like I said, like I said, we saw Leon Edwards get worked for you know most of the five rounds by Kamaru Usman, and then a half second changes everything. So, to me, I, still uh, Kamaro. And,
1: and let's be honest. In in March, there's two big fights. You just mentioned one of them, the rematch between Kamaro and Leon. And then you have John Jones moving up to heavyweight, fighting Cerrigon. So uh, that could just be a moot point in general. One of those guys could clearly take it back, and 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 I'm not saying Kamaru's not uh, not there, but clearly if if a dominant winner of Leon
0: could could definitely cement him. You know, if someone said it's John Jones, how could you argue that? You could just say, oh, then like I said, then it's your criteria. Oh, someone who's been active recently, but you know he's still technically active. He just hasn't fought in a while. So did he lose skills? No. Could Maybe. it still be John Jones. Maybe we don't it know. Depends that, on how that. You that do. we don't know. We'll see what happens in, in March. You could argue for an hour for this, which is kind of fun.
1: Well, we, we're not going to do that. So, Eddie, no, we're not. Uh, let's talk Yair Rodriguez defeating Josh oh, Emmett second round sub. I think the most impressive part for me was Yair's his combinations. You know, a kick followed by a punch, but an elbow. I mean, he's so quick and he's so fast. Uh, and then that that was impressive. But the knee that he went for in the second round on Emmett, that Emmett got blasted with a knee. But was able to turn it right into a takedown. That was so impressive from Emmett. I mean, just the kick that he took up into to his kind of the lower rib cage.
0: I mean, it looked terrible. You know, Yair started blasting those body kicks in the first round, and when that first one landed, I was like, "Oh man, he is putting some money in the bank right there." And those things really did affect Josh Emmett. I think um, his game plan went out the window, and he was just kind of reduced to throwing one big punch at a time. And you know, one did land, but I think. Yeah, Yair, and have you noticed Yair's kind of filling out, too? So he looks a little more muscular than before. So those kicks were just making a big dent. Now, I'm really glad that Josh Emmett at least got a shot because he really deserved to just at least have a chance at a belt see what he can do. But now we know. The answer is clear. And holy crap, Volkanovsky versus Yair Rodriguez is going to be fire, dude. Yeah, it, That it, is going to be fun.
1: It really is. And you think about Yair, where he's come from um, to where he is now, right? You you thought about that fight. I mean, first off, I mean, remember when he was he was supposed to fight Zabit? It sounded like he wouldn't take the fight, and he was you know released from the UFC at a time, and he was brought back. He got just blasted. He he got dominated by uh, by Frankie Edgar. Uh, that was a doctor stoppage. I think you actually saw you were live for that fight. That was UFC two eleven. Um, that was the Frankie versus Yara fight. You were there in in the building for that one. The loss to Max Holloway, that was one-sided, and that was only two fights ago, right? So uh, it's, it's to see the the maturing that Yard Rodriguez has had and having him grow and just getting better as a fighter. Uh, it's impressive. You know, I do get a little nervous, like, what's next, right? Because, you know, you had Volkanovski and Islam talking about a rematch after the fight. Uh, I don't like that. I think, I think Volk no. needs to come back down. He needs to unify the titles. And they need to get ready because there's another matchup. We talked about it last week. Uh, Arnold Allen versus Max Holloway happening on April 15th. That is going to determine who's going to fight after that. I mean, let's say that you put Volk versus Jair in May or June even. I mean, May at May the earliest, uh, June after that. That, puts, that sets up the winner of Arnold Allen versus Max Holloway right perfectly in line to be the number one contender uh, for that fight.
0: Yeah, and that Volk versus Jair fight, that could be international fight week. Sure. And when you talk you talk about a great international fight, that's an amazing one. But yeah, Volkanovsky needs to defend his title. And did you see Yair talking to uh, Islam? Afterwards, I did see that. They are the same size. I did. I did see that too. That'll be interesting. <laughs> Yair has gotten jacked, man. How
1: about Mexico? You know, they have, uh, no, they have Brandon Moreno, who is the flyweight champion. You have uh, Yair, who is the uh, interim champion. And then you've got... Uh, Who's fighting? Next is up, yeah. Alexa Grasso. Alexa Grasso fighting. It doesn't sound like Arenas Aldana is fighting next against uh, Amanda Nunes, but they, Mexico could have three champions in in no time. You got it. I mean, sometimes you think like, yeah, maybe not. You know, um, International Fight Week. Maybe you take that fight to Mexico City.
0: You just might. I mean, Volk did just get a a, a challenging spot. Yes, at home he, he did. So maybe you should defend it. On the road. Yeah, I agree. Uh,
1: All right, I want to go quickly. Jack Della Maddalena. I think this was a star-making moment for for Jack. Uh, Randy Brown is not a slouch, right? He has wins over Francisco Trinaldo, over Chaos Williams, over Jared Gordon, Alex Oliveira, Brian Barbarina. Uh, He has has KO losses now, besides the Nico Price one, uh, but he loses the top guys in the division, Vicente Luque, Bilal Muhammad. Uh, This was a great performance where it was methodical. He was able to use his striking. And then when he was like... Um, you know, landing big shots, he was able to have the wherewithal to scramble to the back and get the submission. So this, he, he's 4-0 now in the UFC, four first-round finishes. He wants a top 15 guy. I see him having problems of actually trying to get
0: guys that will want to fight him. Uh, definitely. But, yeah, Randy Brown, he keeps his hands too low. And you know I hate it when tall guys don't fight long. There is no reason, with that reach advantage he had, that de- I keep wanting to call him Deladon. Della Maddalena should have should have gotten him pushed up against the cage like that to land those blows.
1: You know a fight I want to see. So so Sean, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Sean Brady versus Michelle Paqueta is off UFC San Antonio. Sounds like Sean Brady what? got injured. Uh, when did that happen? Uh, it happened over the weekend. I just saw that. Uh, let's get Jack Della Maddalena in in San Antonio. Have him fight Michelle Paqueta. Paqueta's number
0: 14th. That's
1: a that's a fight right there.
0: Yeah, he didn't take any damage. No. And it's about time he gets someone with a number next to his that name. Would be, that would be great. I, I would love for that fight to happen. Uh, Eddie,
1: let's uh, I quickly, I want to say, I mean, Tafa, that knockout that he had over oh. Parker Porter, man. man. That, he, he was out on the way down. He finished up with another shot on his way. Uh, the Jimmy Crute, Alonzo Menefitt, that was crazy because both guys got saved by the bell in the first two rounds. Like Each person got saved by the bell. Uh, and then the, uh, it was the fence grab. Right, that uh, that Mennefeld lost a point there. That yeah. uh, the end of that in the now, uh, in the draw. I, now, were there uh, multiple uh, warnings about the fence grab? Because I didn't notice them. No, there wasn't. I think there was just it was the first warning, but I think it was like very significant, like it precluded a takedown, right? And so that's why they they you know didn't give any warnings. It'll look you're, you're losing a point for
0: that because it yeah. was a dominant position. I'm, yeah, that was a little iffy in my book, but you know it happens. Yeah,
1: uh, Modestus mukaskis Defeats Tyson Pedro, uh, Jamie Malarco, Malarkey versus uh, Francisco Prado, uh, Loma Lugbunye versus Elise Reed, and then uh, Elvis Brenner versus Subaira Tokugov. Or Tukugov. That's the uh, one, one of uh, Khabib's
0: guys. So and of course, Titu Ivasa did a shoey. He did. Did you see? It? He literally took the shoe off the guy's foot. Yeah. Then he gave it back to him. I was like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I would really want that. That's. Did he bring an extra sock? You're gonna need a couple socks. Kind of gross. Disgusting.
1: So, all right, guys, that is UFC 284. We're going to come right back, and we are having Marlon Cheeto Vera. I talked Chito. to Marlon about UFC San Antonio, what he thinks about Corey Sanhagen. He's got some choice words for the champion, Aljamain Sterling, and the uh, the you know presumed presumed uh, challenger, Henry Cejudo. Guys, you're listening to Fight Night right here on 104.9 The Horn. Come on back for Cheeto Vera right after this. <laughs> Joining us now, the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline, the number four ranked bantamweight in the world, and one half of the main event of UFC San Antonio on March 25th at the AT&T Center, Cheeto Vera. Cheeto, welcome to uh, to Fight Night. How are you, man? I am doing well, man. I I am excited. A first off, I'm excited to talk to you, but second, I cannot wait to see you fight here in San Antonio.
2: I'm excited too. Uh, I'm excited about the fact that we have a we have a bigger stage. We have a I have a bigger opportunity to shine on in front of a lot of people live on ESPN. So, you know, it was a little bit of a bummer uh, the change uh, because when you're ready, you just want to go and perform. But you know, the the bigger the stage, the the, the brighter the lights. So I say getting ready for that too.
1: Nice. So, so what happened? So you were actually scheduled to main event a card in a little bit over a week, right? On on February next
2: 18th. next next week, pretty much on. You know, the UFC call uh, offering the change, Uh, you know, they they, they came at us and was like, hey, guys, we need, you know, I'm guessing they need a, a nice main event. And, you know, I'm pretty sure R is a pretty good one. So they went and asked us if we are okay to change the date. Initially, my thoughts were like, you know what? I'm ready now. So why? risk more time of training uh you know shit can happen people can get hurt you know i'm not I'm knocking on wood but anything can happen in a in, in a fight camp you know so for 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 now it was just like you know what let's try to keep the fight on the on the 18th and then they they did ask like okay but we actually need you to move and I was like okay if there's if that's if that's my if there's no choice and then you explain me how big uh march 25th will be. I say, you know, I'm a company man, so let's let's do it. You know, I'm sure when I ask or need something, they will they will give it to me. So, you know, I do something for you, you do something for me. That's how the that's how life works.
1: That, I I totally agree, right? So so how does that change your training, right? So you you were trying to peak next week, but now what what did you have to adjust and move so you're peaking at the right time and not too early?
2: You know, that's um for me, that's usually like I take. Of course, a couple of days off because pretty much I was ready to go. So I take a couple of days off and then, you know, eat a little more food because I was losing weight and stuff like that. So now the good thing about all this, like I have my nutritionist living with me so she can adjust that. She can feed me better now uh, a little more so I can, you know, because I don't have to cut away next week. So, you know, this process cons, but you got to see the good side of things. You know, I got more time. Uh, I'm gonna be sharper. I'm gonna be ready. I'm gonna be stronger. So I really can wait. And the fact that we have a crowd to make happy, I- I'm down for that too.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that was the consensus. I mean, I don't want to say like it's a shame that you were fighting the apex, but like this fight needs to be in front of a crowd. Like, with, like, how what do you think about you and Corey? That and that matchup that just brings fireworks, right? That that's gonna that the crowd is going to add to that fight.
2: Right? Yeah, you got you got two guys that they come forward and they fight. You know, you have a guy in in Corey a great kickboxer um have a pretty good grappling Fought the best of the best i fought the best of the best and we need we, we're gonna meet up in the center of that cage and we'll see who who came ready who who wanted more and who did his homework so i'm very confident i'm gonna go in there i'm i'm, I'm breaking so i'm i'm ready to go and i'm you know ready to give the fans what they pay for yeah. So, I mean, Corey,
1: he's a little bit taller than you. He's three inches taller than you, but surprisingly you've got a, like an inch longer in reach. Uh, but how do you look at, you mentioned his kickboxing, but how else do you, you kind of size him up as an opponent? Any, any past opponents you, that you think about maybe uh, reflect his style or anything?
2: Um, honestly, I'm not a guy that really, you know, I don't really try to have the perfect turning partner. Like, Oh, I need somebody who mimic my opponent, I, you know, because you can mimic other, other people. You can do a little bit. You can, you know, I can have somebody moving around and I'm chasing the guy, but honestly, I just bring high-level sporting partners and, you know, it's either I'm great right or I'm not, you know. Sometimes I have good days in the gym, sometimes you don't, but I'm not the type of guy that looks for a perfect sporting partner. Like, oh, this guy moves perfectly like him and he's forced to move like my opponent. I mean, like, I bring good wrestlers I bring great grapplers. I bring high-level kickboxers. I sparper boxers sometimes. So I'm, I'm a fighter, and I'm ready to fight. Why do you think about it? guy is a good fighter? Yes, I'm good too. So I just feel like I'm, I'm, in, I'm in a great time. I have good momentum, and I know the guy will come ready to fight. I'm seeing all worst scenarios in my head. So for me, it's more like who really wanted more, who who really putting more reps. I like to keep the Kobe Bryant mentality. A lot of people really work hard when they have a fight. I work hard year round. I'm 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 trying to get better every day. And um, by the time my opponent, any I'm talking about any opponent, uh goes in there and tries to get better, I already have I'm already miles ahead of them. And that's what I've been showing in the last couple fights. So to me right now it doesn't matter who's in front of me, I'm gonna win.
1: Nice. How much of that kind of mentality, I, I mean, you mentioned the, the Kobe Bryant, that, that Mamba mentality, right? So how much of that can you attribute to you know training with guys like Jason Perillo, training you know at, at, at Hookah and uh, out there in Orange
2: County? Um, make no mistake about it. The, the main reason I'm, you know, main eventing three times in a row is because a guy like Jason Perillo put me at this level. He hired me a guy that listens. He hired me a guy that will never complain about things or question things. You told me, walk on your hands for a day and that will get your punching harder. I'm going to walk on my hands for a day. So I just, you know, I see, I listen, and, you know, it's been reflected in my fight. So that was the biggest asset for me. I was needing somebody like him to get me where I am today and to get me ready for that. So here I am with a a coach that has been there And he's always working on getting better. So that's a a reflection of the painting he's doing with me.
1: I love that, right? So uh, the great thing about you right now is that this is your, you mentioned your third main event in a row. This is also like you've been on ESPN before. So are you now accustomed to, Hey, this is, I'm a main event fighter, right? I'm accustomed to the media that I have to do the, the, the pressure that I have from being a main event fighter. Are you now at that point where you're like, Hey, yeah, this is, this is the best Cheeto mentally and physically in your career.
2: This is a great Cheeto for you guys. And this Cheeto only gets better. And it's, and I, I still hungry. I'm still making questions. I'm, I'm not, I don't let none of these, these things get to my head. and think that I'm, good enough to work hard or i'm good enough to just chill or i'm good enough to decide what i'm doing i'm every day in that gym and i'm every day making questions and just trying to figure it out how i can become better and and yes to answer your question yes i am a main event fighter and i'm the guy that people are paying to watch now
1: I love it. I love it, Cheeto. Guys, you're listening to Cheeto Vera, one half of the main event at UFC San Antonio. You actually buy tickets now, and uh, he's fighting Corey Sandhagen March 25th at the AT and T Center. Cheeto, your last loss was you know a few years ago uh, to Jose Aldo, a champion, a great fighter. You've been perfect though ever since. What did you learn? Right? What 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 changed there that really helped you? I mean, you were a killer before, but I mean, even a killer since then. Like, what what changed after that loss? Like, what did you learn?
2: Um, I think that loss was probably the best thing that can happen to me in my life you know, of course i wanna i probably if you ask me if if you can choose a fight, I probably will pick the guy so i can so I can kill him right but um that loss gives me something mentally that nothing ever I got it before, not even from training, not even from losses in the past that loss right there was a life changer I, I will tell you right now I will wake up in the middle of the night, pissed off mad about how I lost that fight because I lost that fight when I say I lost it, it's not like my coach didn't do good enough or I didn't have to import or I don't have to partners or I have an injury. I'm not a guy that would put excuses ever that loss I lost myself. I got too cocky, too excited, and I got trapped in a position because when you're in there. Only you can feel the energy. Only you can see who's picking up, who's giving up. And by the end of the second round, I just felt him gone. Like he was mentally broken. But you're going to still lose in a fight even there because I did lose a fight. I get too loose, I get a little cocky, and I paid a big price of that fight. I lose a lot of money, and that was my chance to to get where I am today. But I'm glad that happened because that teaches me my greatest lesson ever, and see what I am right now. I felt from that. I was, I said, like, I'm not going to let that happen to me ever again. And here we are.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, you think about that. And, and since then, you've won four in a row. Two of them have been over former UFC champions, right? Now, what does that do? Know that, hey, I've gone in there with UFC champions, I've beat them. How does that change the confidence that when you walk into a cage right now?
2: That's really like a good, that's a great traffic to have. You know, you're collecting big heads right there you're collecting like big names and big names get you to big checks so um i'm not a guy that say no to fights i'm not a guy that is shy away from any 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 challenge like that so i'm I'm that guy the that seen that knows they can come and i'll be there
1: yeah you mentioned big names get you to big fights and, and big fights obviously get you to big checks uh, the division right now, it's in a weird place. Al he's the champion. He still is not scheduled. And I don't know, maybe he'll be scheduled to, into a fight by the time that you fight at the end of March. Uh, it's rumored he's going to fight Henry Cejudo. Uh, I know Sean O'Malley's there. You got to win over Sean O'Malley. Uh, but does an emphatic win over Corey Sandhagen and let's say that fight's not booked between Cejudo, do you jump him? Can you get a title fight next off of this fight? Or do you think you just, you're going to have to wait until after that Cejudo-Sterling fight eventually gets booked and, and they fight?
2: um that's really up to the guy that holds the belt right now we have a guy holding the belt um see a little bit of a drama queen a little bit of everything right it's still a great fighter it's still somebody that can beat you but um who knows what they're doing right him and seguro like to go those cheesy promos on in front of each other and kind of like touch and be cool i mean if i'm really fighting you i'm not playing those games either you respect me, no I respect you, we're cool. We can be in the same room. You give me a little bit of energy, I'm throwing at you. But, you know, they're, they're calling promos. They're trying to make it, the fight cool. If you ask me who really want to see that fight, you got a guy retire, a guy that won the belt of no champion, that retire against a guy that pretty much fake his way to a title with an injury, then pretty barely won the much. And now, for and then his last fight, he fought a guy literally that came hurt. So, um, you know, he haven't really kind of like solidified his name. He, he just, but he got the bell. I'd rather have the bell than done ever. So good for him. But who knows what happened. I, right now, really, if you ask me my honest opinion out of my heart, I don't give two f's about who have the bell. um who's number one, who's number two. I got Corey Sanhagen in front of me. That's all that matters to me because I got to be the guy first. You know, I can't talk about the towers and I can't, talk, I can make myself a fool and tell you all this is right now and cut you a great promo. So you can be like, Oh wow. He's super confident. You get in there, you get to ass kick. Nothing that you say really, really matters. So my focus and my energy is to really go through Sanhagen, And after that, we'll have another conversation.
1: I can't wait. I can't wait to talk to you after the fight, but also be there in person. My last question, though, uh, Chido, I heard you talking about uh, an ice bath. You get an ice bath every day, then then you hit a sauna as well. Uh, I know the benefits, right? I've heard people talk about the ice bath. Do you do the ice bath before the workout or or after the workout?
2: It all depends what I'm doing on the day. Um, I I really play by ear when I get in the ice and the sauna. I had it in my backyard, so I can really... I do when I feel I need it. Uh, It's either... I need a. I need a wake up or I need a recovery. Um, I do. I do. I do a couple times a week. I do it pretty often, and it's really beneficial. I, I all my friends, everybody around me. I tell them, Hey, dude, this is not a uh, paid partnership. I, you know, I pay for that because you want your health to be in another level, and that thing maintain you and get you really, really good. So I'm glad I invest in myself because that's pro one of the best investments I ever did. Awesome. Are you uh, I'm I'm more of an
1: ease my way into a cold plunge. Are you just a get right in kind of guy?
2: I just jump on it. When whenever I need it, whenever I schedule myself if I tell myself I'm gonna do it at the end of Wednesday last session, I don't I don't cut corners. I open that thing, jump in it, put a five minute timer and then I jump into the sauna. I love it. Man,
1: Cheeto, I cannot wait for this fight, guys. Like I mentioned before, tickets are on sale right now. This fight is going to be a banger. Uh, it's got to be. A, it's, it's the contenders right at the Bantamweight division. Cheeto, we can't wait to see you on Fight Night and talk to you there. And uh, grateful that you're coming to San Antonio. Thank you so much for joining us on Fight Night, and thanks for the time.
2: Oh, thank you, man. I already got my my sports jerseys. I got the Rod and the Manu jerseys. So I know who they were rooting for. So get ready. Don't blink. I'm coming. I'm coming in hot. Oh my gosh, the
1: the crowd is going to blow up for you, Cheeto. They're going to be so pumped to have you there. Thank you so much, man. Have a great day.
2: You too, brother. Welcome back to
1: Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn, hornfm.com. That's Eddie. I'm Jordan. You can find us both at Fight Night ATX on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Eddie, we've got some fights this weekend, but before that, we want to congratulate Jens Pulver for being announced to the UFC Hall of Fame Pioneer Wing. The Dude, very about first, time. It is about time. The very first UFC lightweight champ. And it was great, right, to see him the emotion. So he he does like a Twitch stream for the UFC, and so he was on. They had they had told him, hey, we're gonna we're gonna do something else about you. Uh, kind of aware are they now? And so he had no idea. And to see him and the emotion that came from their announcement of him joining, because this is something that he's wanted. He's felt you know he's felt like he he deserves it, and he has wanted to be recognized for this. And uh, it was it was a great moment. He brought his son on the screen. Uh, just what a great moment it was for uh, for for little
0: evil. Yeah, it really was. Um, and you can't help but get a little choked up for him. Because like by the time I started watching, Jens Pulver was kind of uh, on a downhill slope. So I didn't get to see myself his uh, his prime years. But you knew the way they talked about him that he had been a guy to be dealt with.
1: Yeah, I mean this is the guy that started fighting in a different century, Eddie uh 1999 he made his debut at the Root Invitational and uh and then he fought in his fifth fight he fought uh UFC 22 uh against Alfonso Alcaraz. and then uh you know he he went on so he was the first UFC uh lightweight champion he defended it a couple times and uh and then he then he left so congratulations to him uh but Eddie yeah. there are some fights Next this up, week. Next up Eve
0: Edwards Yes
1: uh, yeah that's true UFC Vegas 69 it was supposed to be Cheeto Vera versus Corey Sanhagen. They moved him back. I'm we we were talked about it. Then it was supposed to be Talia Santos versus Aaron Blanchfield. Talia Santos had to back out of the fight. Uh, Jessica Andrade jumps in. This is a now a much tougher fight
0: on short notice for, for Aaron <laughs> Blanchfield. You could say that. You could say that. Jessica Andrade. I mean, to say no joke um, is the understatement of the year. You know. Which is
1: crazy because Talia Santos is the number one ranked fighter behind Valentina in the division. Andrade is ranked three, so you would think like you're taking two steps back. But still, Erin Blanchfield is ranked 10th in the division. This is going to be a moment for her that if she can get by Jessica Andrade, uh, you, you, know, you hope that it takes her. I mean, this was a title eliminator fight before. Hopefully, it still
0: is for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you beat a former champ. You're really putting your stamp on the division and saying you're next. Yeah, uh, honestly, uh,
1: not much going on on this, but Jim Miller uh, versus Alexander Hernandez also on the that fight. Should card. be much higher up. Uh, yeah. St. Preux OSP versus Philippe Lenz. Eddie, what, what's happening in boxing though?
0: Um, you know what, man? I tell you all the time, BKFC is fun to watch, and this weekend they've got their big event, Knucklemania Three, headlined by a light heavyweight unification match with Lorenzo Hunt versus Mike Richmond. But bigger news than that. Former WBA light middleweight champ Austin Trout versus Diego. The night is he the nightmare or the dream still. He's a nightmare it's, again, right? It's a, it is a nightmare. Diego Sanchez, Greg Hardy's on the card. John Dodson, the magician is on the card, and his brother Eric. Man, BKFC is going to be a much more fun card than UFC, unfortunately.
1: Uh, Eddie, well, thank you, uh, thanks so much, man. Thanks guys for listening. Follow us at Fight Night ATX on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Guys, we're going to have some more interviews in the next couple of weeks. Super Bowl Stew, uh, put a few interviews in there. Talk to Sean Merriman, Ryan Bader. We'll have those in the next coming weeks. And uh, stay tuned, sports guys talking wrestling. Coming up next, they're talking Elimination Chamber. We will be back thanks next week. Thanks so much for
0: listening. Keep safe, be nice to each other, stay positive and love your life. And if we ever didn't, thank you. Let us do it now.
2: Happy trails to you. Till we meet again.